Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of Baseball Today. It's Ploof and Rose with you, and you may have noticed we were not live today. In fact, we're not going to be going live for the foreseeable future, but don't worry, it's a good thing. Don't want to spoil too much of a good story, but Ploof, we're still going to give people the content that they crave all the time, even after the lockout that might be coming, right? We're going to be here with you guys through the lockout, into the new baseball season, all that good stuff. Baseball season, holiday season. It's mm-hmm. always what, Chris? Baseball today season. Yes, it is. Yes. You can wear those the entire show today, by the way? Nope. Oh, wait, you can. I'm not telling you what to do. I like to come in hot like this, mm-hmm. get people like into it, saying, what's what's going on here? Let me, let me, I'm interested. You've piqued yeah. my interest. Yeah. And then I take uh, them away and show them my, my beautiful face. Did you wear those on the golf course yesterday when I talked to you? Mm-mm. No. And mm-hmm. how'd you shoot? Decent. You got. Right, we didn't. We didn't finish eighteen. So uh, on the front, I was five over. Wait a second. We didn't finish eighteen. Yeah, it got dark. We went a little later. It got dark. Yeah, I get. It's stuck at five fifteen right now. It's ridiculous. Oh wow! I didn't know you were playing that late. Yeah. Oh okay. I caught you early in your round. Did not know that. Um, speaking of golf, coming up next week on the Rose Rotation, I have a great conversation with Jimmy Rollins, who's on the Hall of Fame ballot for the first time mm-hmm. this year. And I say be mentioning golf because he has m- maybe the best story we've had so far in the Rose rotation. I think it was episode number 80. He tells an unreal story about playing around with Joe Pesci at the oh New Country God. Club, in which he's a part of. It's I can't believe he told it, to be honest with you. It's that good. That's a hilarious combination right there. Yeah. Jimmy Rollins and Joe Pesci. I like Jimmy a lot. I got to spend a little bit of time with him uh, in Philly's camp. Uh-huh. And uh, just cool, man. Yeah, he's so great. energetic and positive, like fun. He had he had about six stories where our uh, producer, Robbie Scirocco, and I looked at each other. We we're like, those are amazing. So that's coming out next week. Can't wait. Uh, but let's let's get to some baseball news. And I'm wearing my Halo's lid because late last night, they solidified the back end of their bullpen when they brought back Rysel Iglesias, Four years, 58 mil. They've already added Loop. They added Lorenzen, who's coming off a down year in Cincinnati, but has done it at the major league level. So does it feel like the Halos are one or two starting pitchers away from actually getting Shohei and Mike Trout into serious October talk? Yeah, I mean, we've been saying that for a long time, even though last year in the draft, they drafted all pitchers. And this year during free agency, they've signed all pitchers. We're still saying they're one or two starters away. That's kind of strange to me, uh, but we can't fault them. If, I mean, like I said, they have just went on a spree of getting all pitchers. Perry Manizian has, has heard us, you know, screaming from the mountaintops about getting pitching and he's done it. I love the Rysel signing him and loop in the back end of the bullpen will be really nice. Iglesias, number one, Cuban ball player. I love Cuban ball players. I'd sign mm-hmm. all the Cubans for my baseball team, uh, but he's everything you want. At the back end of a game, he doesn't walk anybody. Uh, he strikes people out. He, he's just – he's solid back there, and you need that. So, yes, they're heading in the right direction, but you hit it on the head. They, they're still a couple starting pitchers away, I believe. Yeah. Um, I love it that they brought him back. I thought he was going to go elsewhere. I thought maybe Toronto would have been a really nice fit for him. He's a guy that has been underappreciated, in my opinion. Yes. He's really had just kind of one lousy season in his career – And in Cincinnati, let's remember, he was a guy that would go multiple innings, you know, in the middle of a game, 
Mm-hmm. Last year was really the first time I felt like he was the true bona fide 100% closer. Even though he did it in Cincinnati, I felt like this was his job from day one. He never had to go against anybody. It was that simple. And now you had Loop, who was one of the best setup men in all of baseball a year ago. And Lorenzen, it's one year, $7 million for a guy who's coming off a down year physically and performance-wise. But if he gets back to what he was in Cincinnati, that's a good, really good 7-8-9 combination that they've got working there. Yes, they still need free agent pitching. You know, a guy like Marcus Stroman might make a huge dent in that, right? You go Otani, Stroman, Suarez, you kind of figure it out. They just lost Alex Cobb to the Giants last night. So they still need help. But you get Trout back. Otani keeps doing his thing. Rendon is really the key to me offensively. Like, we forgot that yeah. he's even out there. So they're they're getting closer, Luke. They're getting closer. And I'll backtrack a little bit. Maybe they don't need two starters. But like you said, if they bring in Stroman and then you got Otani, Stroman, uh, Patrick Sandoval is a guy that our, our friend Jolly Olive just did a nice video on him. If mm-hmm. you want to go check that out. And we have plenty of Angels fans to talk about the young guys coming up. So it doesn't have to be two free agents or two trades. It, like It could be someone from their organization stepping up. And you can't always bank on that because it's, the big leagues is hard. And, you know, guys sometimes figure it out. Sometimes they don't. But that would be another way for them to, you know, get back into the playoff hunt would be to go ahead and, you know, have a guy like that step up. Okay. Let's go from an organization where guys are trying to step up to a team that is stepping on the accelerator. The Detroit Tigers have been busy this offseason. Mm-hmm. They add when they sign Javier Baez to a six-year deal reportedly. Now, a lot of people are like, well, that takes care of shortstop. I'm not so sure. Do they pull the Texas Rangers thing and go get Carlos Correa on top of this and say, screw it, we're going for it? No, I don't think so. I, th- there's a reason they pivoted to hobby and that's because they didn't want to shell out 10 years. So they give him six years, a little bit more flexibility. If you will, he doesn't cost as much as Correa. I think they believe in what they're doing there and what they've built in their farm system. Mm-hmm. And if, when you're given those 10 year deals out, you know, sometimes this can hamstring you a little bit in your payroll decisions. There's no cap. I'm going to continue to say that they can go out and get Korea. They can go spend whatever they want. There's no salary cap in baseball, but as we know, there are teams uh, that artificially uh, put their own cap on. Uh, so I think that was the thinking there. They needed to get better defensively. They're like the worst team overall defensively last year. Javi Baez does that. Um, so I think that's kind of their thinking. We, we have guys coming up um, that we believe in. Uh, our farm system is, is really good. And now we have a premium defender that fills that hole. And he could, you know, I, I think I keep saying this with the, the veteran free agents that get signed. It's nice to have these guys to show your young guys what it's like to be a big leaguer, like a real work ethic and just how to navigate that lifestyle. I think Javi will do that with the young guys as well. It's a, it's a great fit for them. I'm, I'm actually happy that they pivoted off Korea and, and went by us. Really? Yeah. I'll tell you, though, man, and, and we'll get to it uh, next question about, about Seager and Simeon and spending half a billion dollars for a middle infield. I thought it would have been fascinating, and I, th- I think that it would have allowed the Tigers to get to the top of the mountain and scream, we're back, you know, do the whole Cam Newton thing, we're back. Like, <laughs> because if you look at what they've done farm system-wise, uh, Torkelson and Green, if they don't contribute in 2022 somehow, I would be shocked. Uh, they went out you know, from minute one and they signed Eduardo Rodriguez to almost an $80 million deal. 
they made a huge splash, which is now a move that we don't even talk about, but they traded for Tucker Barnhart behind yep. the dish, right? If you're going to have that many young pitchers as they do, you know, with Scooball and Manning and Mize and all those guys, you need a guy who can settle them down. And I think yes. Tucker Barnhart was a perfect move. And they were like, okay, screw it. It's going to cost, cost us about $8 million. We'll take that on. Oh, my. Gladly yes. take that on. So they are making moves. And let's remember, they won 77 games. There's other teams in that division that don't know what the heck they're doing right now. I don't know where the Royals are. I don't know where the Guardians are. I don't know where the Twins are. I know where the White Sox are. So you're just, just talking about having to really stare eye to eye with one team. And in my opinion, they're getting closer. They, they, they were probably two laps behind the White Sox. They're now a lap behind the White Sox. I mean, do you want them to sign Correa as well? I know it would make their team better, obviously. That's not the question. Right. Future. Is that what's best for their organization? I mean, the guy's 27, right? <clears throat> yeah, you're right. <laughs> It'd I mean, be really 27. nice to see them up the middle. And then Torkelson's like, he's a corner guy, so you have the... Yep. It'd be interesting. Obviously, like... Uh, I'm not saying they shouldn't sign Correa and that would be it wouldn't make their team better. It would make their team exponentially better. I just don't think that's the direction that they wanted to go and they pivoted to bias. I don't think they're getting both. Okay. Uh, I think it'll be fascinating. I would like if they're not going to go get Correa, I would like to see them try and get a little stronger at second base, maybe make a trade somewhere. That's that's to me the reason why it'd be fun to go get Correa. You put Baez at second and Correa at short and then let these other guys grow up through the organization, then you're talking about something special going on, like yeah. just like they had in, you know, 2010 through 2013 or 14 or whatever it was. You know, just go show whoever – who's the uh, GM in, in Detroit? Is it Avila? Uh, I believe it still is. I believe it's go still show, Al Avila. Yeah, go show them the video of that uh, WBC Puerto Rican team when they were playing up the middle together. It was pretty fun. Well, I think wasn't Lindor though the uh, the shortstop. It on was. That team? Yeah, Lindor was the shortstop. Oh, Baez man. was the second baseman, and I think Correa was at third. Right. I I I just remember it being a really fun middle infield combo. I thought it was Correa and Baez, but maybe I got that mixed up. All right. Well, anyway, let's move on to a middle infield that we know is going to be around Texas for the next seven to ten years. Uh, we know Marcus Simeon signed for one seventy five, and then. Corey Seager signed for 10 years and 325 million. Mm. So what are your realistic <laughs> expectations now for a team that lost 102 games? We talked about this the other day. I was like, yeah, they still need to make some moves. Then they go get Seager. And so now here, here they are. My realistic expectation for them. Mm -hmm. Some nice show dinners throughout the year. They got some guys making right. a lot of money. Yes. That's about it. I mean, look, how many games did they lose last year? Over 100 games they lost 102. last year. They're going to be better. What's better? I mean, what, what is, what's the top end for them? I think 500 balls in play here. I, I still think it's a pretty competitive division. We just talked about the Angels getting better. We know what the Mariners are doing. Astros there. I think 500 ball might be the goal this year. And they just got to wait for some pitching to come. We keep saying that, and I know it's – Every team needs pitching, but it's just you have to have it to win. So they don't have that yet. Lighter's coming up. Another guy, Cole Wynn, is in AAA, and he's, you know, a former first-rounder, you know, decent prospect. So there are there is some help on the way, but I think they're, they're just starting pitching a couple starters at least away from 
really eclipsing that 500 and getting into like real playoff contention. Well, that's the thing. Okay, so this team can mash a little bit. You know, uh, Garcia had a great year for them in the outfield. They've got some other guys. It'll be interesting to see what they do with uh, Kiner Falefa if he ends up getting traded because he is such a good glove. And if he goes to a team where they don't care about his stick being under a 700 OPS, then they could end up getting something that could help them, whether it's in the bullpen or a back-end starting rotation type guy, if it's a multiplayer uh, trade. Um, but right now, this is not a good rotation. John Gray, solid. If he had gone to a contending team and had been slotted as the number four pitcher, I'd be like, awesome. He's going to be their ace. Well, they're Sorry. I don't like using that term just because there's 30 teams doesn't mean there's 30 aces out there <laughs> opening day the starter at the, at the top of their rotation. That, that's the way it's going to be. Then Taylor Hearn, Dane Dunning, guys who are in their twenties who need to show us that there's something other than just an average major league pitcher. And that's okay. Some guys pop, you know, in year two or three and it happens. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, it's a big deal, but they're, they're a ways they're, away. The pitching staff, you how are they going to do against Houston 19 times a year? The Angels. Look against... at the Angels offense. Right. You know, good luck with that stuff. That's not just because you can mash a little like well, all of a sudden we're like Seager and Simeon. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll take Trout, Otani, and Rendon. I'll <laughs> take hey, don't, Bregman. Don't Altuve. fault them for going out and getting players. It's not wonderful. They just they need. I'm more. not faulting them. I think it, it. Dude, I talked about this on Monday. They need to pack that stadium. They went two years yeah. without a, an interested fan base. Is this so packing I, the stadium? Is this going to pack the stadium? Seriously. I love Corey Seager. I love Marcus Simeon. I love what they bring to the table on the field. They play ball with the best of them. Obviously, uh-huh. they just got paid bags to do it. I don't think they're like star-level guys that are going to no, bring fans to the park. They really, And that's not a slight on them. Like That's just not who they are. There's very few people will come to movers. see him, but there's very few needle movers, right? I mean, there's Harper, yes. there's Otani, there's Trout. Uh, yeah, DeGrom, I'm talking about hitters, like everyday ball players. You're like, you tell your kids, hey, sure, you know, Bryce Harper's on our team. You want to go get a 10 pack of season tickets? Like, there's very few of those guys. You know what it takes to become a person like that? Either you're a world class talent, like these guys are, or you're homegrown. When a homegrown guy comes up and is mashing, mm-hmm. it, people rally around that more than free agent signings. It's mm-hmm. just the facts. Okay. That's As fair. the kids say, no cap. Yeah. And when I'm talking about, I mean, are they going to sell out 38,000 a night because they've signed these two? Absolutely not. But at least can you say that we're not horse shit? Yes. Can't, can you? <laughs> well, I mean, we're not. Wouldn't you be shocked if they went 60 and 102 next year? I'm not putting any of this negative energy out there. I, I can see scenarios where it happens again. Yeah, Chris. Really? I mean, I look, I do not want to say the H-U-R-T word, but that's all it would take. Oh, you went down that road. I'm just okay. saying, I'm just saying, there's, they, need a lot, they still need a lot. And, right. and they're not done. So let's talk about the team that uh, Corey Seager and Max Scherzer left behind. The LA Dodgers, all of a sudden, this team that won 106 games a year ago and made it to the NLCS has some gaping holes in their lineup and in their pitching staff. Do they pivot 
go get a guy like Freddie Freeman, who's still available at this time of taping, and a veteran starting pitcher. They could. That'd be nice for them. Don't, don't give they me the could. Would you well, do it if you're Andrew Friedman? Of, I mean, in a vacuum, of course you make that deal. I mean, I trust Andrew Friedman to make the right decision for the organization. He's earned that trust. He's one of the only executives I'll say that about. It, it'd be great for their ball club. Freddie Freeman would be amazing. I think they need, need to address the pitching. And I have a few ideas of what I think they're going to do. This is not like source information, just stuff that I've been thinking about. Go get Kershaw back. He's got to end his career as a Dodger. Fine. That's like a no-brainer for me. Don't you. let Texas outbid you for him. Like, go get your guy. Like, he's meant so much to your organization. Go get your guy. Mm-hmm. Kershaw. Freeman, obviously, would be great. I'm not sure that's going to happen. It would be amazing if it did. I think they're going to go talk. I think Friedman is going to go talk to Forrest and Billy Bean and say, hey, you got some pitchers up there. We need some pitchers. You guys like prospects. We got some prospects. It, it would be... It makes a lot of sense for a guy like Montas to come down to LA and pitch for them. I think they're going to explore the trade market a lot. And I know there's a, a lockout coming now and negotiations aren't supposed to really be happening. Yeah. We'll see if that holds true. I think they'll explore that. I would love for them to go get Freddie Freeman, but I think they're, they need to address that starting rotation. Yeah. Um, I don't think that Freddie Freeman's going to end up out there. I will still be shocked if he ends up going anywhere except back to his home in Atlanta. Um, they, Yeah, listen, we also found out yesterday that they've got major problems with Max Muncy or yeah. earlier this week. I mean, they, he's more injured than we thought. Uh, he's got a partially torn UCL in his non-throwing arm. So that could set him back at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, now I don't think they expected to get Seeger back. I think they expected to be a bigger player in the Scherzer sweepstakes than that than ended up happening. But right now, their starting rotation that we know of is Bueller, Urias, Gonsolin. And May returns. But May, where's where's this coming from? Dustin May got injured, I think, in May. So he's not coming back until the earliest, until probably August. We just had a long conversation yeah. on the Rose like, rotation with mm-hmm. Giolito and Glassnow. Glassnow's going through Tommy John. Giolito went through it a decade ago and talked about how back, back in 2012, after he had the surgery, he was back throwing in a game in 10 months, and he was like, they don't do that anymore because they know that's just yeah. not right. So for all these fans that are like, yeah, Dustin May's part, he's not going to be part of the rotation until August at the earliest. We didn't see Chris Sale for two years. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pointing towards more than just 2022, I guess, when you're talking about these signings. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. There there are some holes. Uh, yeah, the- they 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 have other prospects also coming up, but I I agree. They need to address the rotation. Kershaw, I think, is number one. Go get your guy, and then two. It's I think it's going to be trade market. That's. It's a, that's the smarter, more sensible thing to do. And if you know Andrew Friedman at all and what he does, like, yeah, he'll open the bag when he needs to. Actually, it was an awesome quote as I was prepping for the show. I saw um, he's basically saying, yeah, you can't be rational about free agents because if you're rational, you'll finish third every time when trying to sign someone. So he knows like sometimes you got to spend a little bit more, yep. but he also understands that you know, there's other ways to acquire players. And I think he'll do that. And I think the A's are a big 
a big part of this totally. offseason that hasn't happened yet. There's there's two teams. It's the A's and the Reds. You know they're both hitting the for sale sign in their front yards. And so you're definitely calling those two. And by the way, there's other teams that we don't know about that mm-hmm. that could be ha- guys uh, available. There's no question about that. Um, but the Dodgers have work to do. They really do. Like for the first time in a while, and you mentioned the, the whole prospects thing. There were a lot of people calling the Max Scherzer, Trey Turner trade, the greatest midseason trade we've ever seen. Okay. Dodgers did not make the World Series. Max Scherzer is gone. Trey Turner has one year left on his deal, and they lost their top two prospects in Gray and Ruiz. Just saying. You don't have yeah. those guys anymore it's to dangle out there. Yeah, it's not as their farm system isn't what it used to be. I mean, they've right. they've used it a little bit, they've but they've used it. They've used some of that. So they can they can develop players. Yeah. All right. Robbie Ray made it official last night. Five for I believe 110. Uh, he moves from north of the border to the Pacific Northwest. How close is Seattle, in your opinion, to being a true contender? I think they're there. I think 2022. And I mean, I guess we have to define what true contender means. In my eyes, I've always said this, like, go make the playoffs somehow. Mm-hmm. Like the playoffs are all about who's hot, what bullpen is, is, is doing it, you know, what offense gets going at the right time. So I think that what, that's what it means to be a true contender is the ability to like be in the playoffs. And I think we've seen like they were close last year and all last year we said, Hey, we love 2021 for the Mariners, but we really love 2022. They've added some pieces. I think that look, the West is getting better, but it's not a crazy strong division. You know, I think the Astros are the bell of the ball. And then I think it's the Mariners right behind them. So you know, go make some more moves uh, or have some guys step up for you and yeah. you're there, you're in the playoffs and then it's about getting hot. And I think that's uh, they, they 100% have the ability to make waves in the playoffs this, this year, 2022. Uh, I agree with you. I think they're going to be right there. People will say, well, wait, weren't they a contender last year? I have to be honest with you. I have no idea how heading into the last weekend of the season, this team was still in contention. Cause I looked at that lineup. I was like, what's going on yeah. here? Like their numbers were garbage. I do think picking up Adam Frazier will help. I think it'll help Frazier, and I think it'll help the Mariners significantly. You know, you produce, you put that guy in the same spot every day. Don't mess around with one day he's hitting first, one day he's hitting second, one day he's hitting eighth. Like, stop. Find a spot for him. Let him do his thing. He'll get on base for you. You know, we'll see if if Kelnick's able to take a step. You know, I was, I'll be the first one to admit, I was all googly eye when he came up and you were like, slow your roll, Rose. And then all of a sudden the guy went like, oh, for a gazillion and he got sent down. He came back up and he was a little bit better. And I talked to Mitch Hanniger on the Rose rotation. He said, listen, the guy's going to be a stud. He's, he's yes. there. He got a taste of what it's like to get punched in the face early on. And he'll use that to his advantage. Um, so I still think that they need to add a little bit more offensively. There's some guys out there, whether it's a Chris Bryant or yes. a Chris Taylor guys that could really, really help up there and I think would be perfect pieces up there. Of course, Taylor was a guy that they had, and then they ended up trading him to L.A., and he became the the all-star that he is. Um, but they're right there, man. Yeah, they I'm right look- there. They, last year, they kept surprising everyone. Everyone's like, oh, they're going to fall off. They didn't fall off. In nope. fact, they only had one losing month. And then, to answer your question, how were they there at the end? How did they win 90 games last year? They went 18-8 and eight in September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like they, their ability to win close games uh, was shown off last year. 
you know, you got JP Crawford making crazy plays, you know, all throughout the infield. Uh, there's a lot of clutch hitting going on, timely hitting, if you will. I like this team a lot. Like they're I fun. Too. I, I, and I'm rooting for them. We've mentioned it time and time again, and you can't help but do it every time you talk about the Seattle Mariners, that they have the longest playoff drought, not only in baseball, but of the four North American sports. It's been since 2001. So M's do your thing, improve offensively, make another deal free agency wise mm. or trade. Let's keep the ball rolling. Could Let's be go. fun. All right. Uh, a lot of catching news yesterday. Uh, Marlins acquired Jacob Stalling from uh, Pittsburgh. Cubs signed Jan Gomes to a multi-year deal. Gary Sanchez was offered a contract. Which of those is the most interesting move involving a backstop? I like the Marlins going and getting Stallings. You know, um, won the gold glove last year. I don't really know what that means to win the gold glove uh, as a catcher anymore. It's all about framing and getting, you know, extra strikes and all that stuff. And he did a great job with that. Similar to what you're talking about uh, with Barnard in Detroit, same thing uh, is going on in Miami. A lot of young pitchers, they need a a catcher who they can trust, uh, a guy that can help them out, develop them. And, and, you know, they think Stallings is the guy. We've seen how thin this catching market is. Mm -hmm. Like we've seen it's thin. So, you know, there are a couple teams that said, you know what, we, we need an upgrade, but there's nothing really out there. So they you know, swing some trades. And I think this is really good for them. I was really happy. I feel like, I feel like every time we see a, a Marlins move, you're like, Oh, it's kind of savvy right there. And I don't know if that's Kim or Derek. I don't, I mean, a combination of both. Like I like the moves they make every single I time I see a move. I'm like, dang, that's smart. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm, Interested in that one. And then also the Gary, the Gary thing is, is very uh, polarizing in Yankeeville. Uh, was it Yankees Nation or something? Yankees Universe? Or Don't use Yankee is. Nation. Not every fan base can Sorry. be a nation. <laughs> Whatever their fan base is called, they're so divided on Gary. Uh, I'm, I'm in the camp that like, hey, he's pretty good as compared to what's out there. Like, talk about his defense and striking out, like, Work, work on him with his defense. Get someone in there that can help the guy. Like, because he's a real offensive threat behind the plate if you get him right. So I don't understand, like, you can teach pitch framing. You can teach that. Like, go get somebody to help this guy out. And, and it's a teachable skill. I don't uh, know. To me, it's the move you didn't talk about. Jan Gomes going to the Cubs. Not because I think the Cubs are going to be any good this year. They're not. To me, it's what's the next move to be made with Wilson Contreras. Jan Gomes, you didn't pay $13 million over the next two years so that Jan Gomes could play 40 games a year. That's not what you just did. You are setting up a trade. Contreras is going into the last year of his contract. We just talked about the lack of depth in the catching market. So one way you do it is you go make a trade. All right, we've already seen Barnhart and Stallings move. I think he's the next guy to go. And I think he's going to the National League West, and I think he's going to one of two places. He's either going to San Diego, where they had zero pop behind the dish. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, hold on. In 2020, Austin Nola did. Austin Nola didn't develop until he was 30 years old. You, If you're the Padres and you're like, we're going for it this year. We're making moves. Clevenger's coming back. We had a down year. We've got a new manager. Well, if the, If you really are saying we're going for it, go get this guy behind the dish. And if it's not them, go get Buster Posey's replacement in San Francisco. And I know people go, hold on. We drafted Joey Bart second. 
do you really want to handle turnover 107 win team to a guy who hasn't caught 60 games in the big leagues? Are you now? I know you did it in 2010. You moved on from Benji Molina then, but Buster Posey was a once in a generation type catcher. If they felt that way about Joey Bart, we'd be hearing more about Joey Bart. I agree. I love those landing spots. Those are excellent landing spots for Wilson Contreras. I I have a hard time. I mean, maybe if it's for a year in San Francisco, because I do believe that San Francisco does believe in Joey Bart long-term. Now, does he need some more seasoning? Maybe. Uh, but, but San Diego interests me more than San Francisco. I like that. I like that fit for them. He kind of fits like the team personality they have going on there. Mm-hmm. It's very much um, like a boisterous clubhouse. And he's kind of a boisterous player. Like he's, You could see the home run swag He's change, fiery. Right? Yeah. Totally. It'd be a lot of fun down in San Diego. I like that. Yep. So that's what I see happening. Last thing, uh, Bryce Harper, we saw on his Instagram, <clears throat> he's blonde. And then he's doing cliff jumping, I think, in Hawaii. If you're the Phillies, do you place a call and be like, um, yo, Bryce, <laughs> do you mind keeping both feet on land? <laughs> Bryce is just trying to, to feel something. He's trying to feel a thrill. He hasn't got that in Philadelphia yet after he signed this big deal. That was fun. And then the following years haven't been so fun. I know, I know he just went off personally as the MVP, but the Dude, winning hasn't come. So I think he's maybe just trying to get a little bit of exhilaration, Chris. He's been of, missing that in his life. Just Maybe it's just the angle of the Instagram story, but those rocks, <laughs> they look a little too close to Harper, and I know it's not that long, uh, that high a jump. Have you ever gone cliff jumping? I don't know. Probably. Like, I don't remember specifically, but I feel like as a kid, I jumped off yeah. some rocks. Yeah, I did one from 40 feet in the air on our Canadian uh, canoeing tour. It was my last year oh at Camp God. North Star up in Hayward, Wisconsin. The oldest cabin in camp. We drove seven hours. Wait, did you and- just say you're, you're canoeing camp? What did you say? Say that again? Yes. It, we were in the, it was, the oldest cabin in camp was called Pine Manor at Camp North Star in Hayward, Wisconsin. 54843, I think is the zip code up there. Anyway, the oldest cabin in camp always went on like an eight-day Canadian uh, trip. So you drive into Canada, you get to portage canoes. I was carrying canoes like 500 yards through the woods to get from one lake to another. And we ended up doing some jumping off of, you know, 40 feet's big. What's that? 40 feet is massive. Oh, dude, I was terrified because I'm afraid of heights. Like, I don't mind flying and stuff. I'm good when I'm enclosed in a bacteria tube. But I am really nervous when I, I hate I can't do roller coasters because I feel like I'm going to fall out. But I remember watching <laughs> my legs shake while I'm standing on the edge of this cliff. And I think, but I did it. I'd like to see that video. And I'd also like to take you to a Six Flags. Let's go to a theme park. Come on, me and you. Let's just conquer those fears. Do, nope, I can't do it. When's the last time you went on a roller coaster ride? The last time we went to Disney, you know, I went on Disney's one. I went on the roller uh, coaster. That's the, not a roller coaster. The goofy, uh, the goofy ride or whatever the one that's it's and I hated I it. There's I no goofy it. ride like that. What are you talking about? Yeah, there's some sort of um Dumbo? Yeah, the, I don't know. I don't remember what it was. There's only <laughs> two roller coasters I go on there. And I will go on Space Mountain because I can't see. That doesn't so, make any sense. Yeah, it does. It's a visual thing for me. I get terrified. 
All right. All right. What do you have you know coming what? up on uh, John Boy Media? What's going on? Anything coming out soon? I don't know. Yeah, we got talking baseball right after this. Or, I mean, that's. It will have already happened by the time this. Year. Yeah, we're not live anymore. I don't even know what to say. I got talking baseball right after this. I'm going to go. Any sequence episodes? I dropped one yesterday. Okay. Um, it was about me falling over the mound in Oakland. Love that. So we went over. Oakland third baseman. There's a Mount Rushmore of Oakland third baseman. It's Eric Chavez, Josh Donaldson, Trevor Plouffe, Matt Chapman. And uh, we talked about how they handled foul territory than how mm-hmm. I handled foul territory. It's more of a laugher than a serious episode of sequence. So go check that out. It's fun. Sal Bando and uh, Carney Lansford are on the line for you. Yeah, yeah, it's recent Mount Rushmore. Okay. Just want to let yeah. you know. Uh, Rose rotation with glass now and Giolito is out. Uh, great clip yesterday that our producer extraordinaire Robbie Scirocco put out about Shohei Otani, and he just dropped one earlier today that's hilarious. Uh, I posed the question to either guy because they spun the wheel of moderately interesting things. And, I never get um, to do that. Yeah, well, you'll get to do it one day. Okay. It's not. Today. I've never been invited on the Rose rotation. So yeah, well, we're that's because we work together several times a week. People okay. see enough of us together. And uh, I asked the question. Uh, in order to get a World Series ring, would you be willing to walk around five foot six the rest of your life? It, it was a fascinating discussion. You actually have to go watch the whole thing on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast. It was hilarious back and forth. It's very funny. Do I get to keep like my wife and everything? You get to keep everything else. Giolito's like, well, I can't pitch anymore. I was like, yes, no, you still have your superpowers as a pitcher at five foot six. So it was really fun. It was fun. I would, I would say no. See what they said. Very interesting answers. They took us a, very, a bunch of different directions, too. No offense to anybody at all. No, absolutely. In fact, Rob, our producer, who is five foot six, popped on the air and oh. gave his opinion and the strengths of being five foot six. So it was a, it was a very thorough discussion. Yeah, maybe I had to think about that more. World yeah. Series would be pretty fun. Go watch or listen. It's fun. All right, we're back at it again on Friday. Doomsday. Dun, dun, dun. We'll talk about what it means for the uh, foreseeable future in the baseball universe and oh so much more. In the meantime, let's pray for more activity over the last several hours before the lockout happens. But we'll always be there for you. No matter what, John Boy Media is there. We ain't locking you out. We're with no work stoppage. Mm -mm. We're always working. We'll see you next time on Baseball Today. Thanks for tuning in.